The D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. I got a lot to get into today. Uh, definitely going to give you our top speaking as far as what's going on in the NBA. Uh, going to have a huge uh, MLB segment with uh, editor in chief of We Are Rigor Radio, Cal Means, talking about baseball's coming back and the White Sox are looking good. Too bad for Ryan Bukovsky. Um, and definitely uh, talking a little bit about the NFL. My name is Kenneth Davis, and you know my partner in crime. His name is D. Demons Pro. What's happening, everybody? Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Make sure you click on the bio link, and you and it will take you to everywhere we are: SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, all the good stuff. All right, subscribe, rate, share the podcast. Find me on Twitter and IG at Demons One D E M O N Z E One. Ken is on Twitter and IG at That's Davis and. Ryan Bukovsky, executive producer of the DNA Show and DNA Was a Flip. You can find him on Twitter at Ryan B. Ski and IG at Ryan B. Ski One. All right, guys, let's go off top. Off top. Off top. Wait, wait, now I know I've gotten it wrong before. Yeah. So is there two more DNA to shows with you, or is this just one more? Let me just get this accurate right now. How's that uh, work? One more. One more. Okay. And then we don't have to deal with him anymore, Ryan. Yes. I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm a candle well, in the wind. If we call you, you better pick up. Oh yeah, I call. Yeah, you got the bat phone. The bat, the bat line still. Uh, yeah, but we can't do it like a large uh, go away and then he pops back up. It, it, Next week, hey guys, <laughs> right? It defeats the purpose. <laughs> defeats the purpose. It's like, oh yeah. It's like it's like. Uh, and I know this is bad for anybody, that, and I didn't watch it, but I remember it back in the days with Dallas when Bobby Ewan died, and then he appeared in the shower the next season. It was like. <laughs> Bobby Patrick Duffy's back. Like, yeah, all right, Patrick Duffy. That's for you, Patrick Duff. Bobby Ewing. Oh, Bobby Ewing. I've been thinking about like, I'm like, I can't wait for a year and a half for D to be like, man, things is going pretty well. I was just uh, wondering what y'all did. <laughs> I told y'all doing man, a lot. Y'all I'm doing a lot. I'm going to be y'all biggest cheerleader, though. Uh-huh. Y'all, I just was saying, in case you need something, D will be the only person that hits me Especially in the last period, there's been like, in case you need something, it's like, all right, come on in. We <laughs> <laughs> come around the corner. We come around the corner. Need something. If hey, you guys. Need, be like, all right, D. Yeah. Let, lead the door. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm back. No, no. Uh, be our be biggest shit leader, man. I hope everything do go uh, fast. Yeah, you better hope because it's going to be fast and loose uh, to what we're trying to figure this out. Um, Dirty D inspired. Yeah, like, wow, me and Ryan got a lot of shit to try to figure. We got, we got to actually oh, start. I told y'all, y'all fine, man. Don't worry about it. Y'all no, good. No, we got to change. We get, we're going to do something. We're, I want us to do something inspired by. Is this us. your off the top? No. Nah. Well, yeah, it can't be my off the top. <laughs> I want us to do something. Uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think uh, maintaining the status quo. Uh, should be the direction we should just be moving in. Y'all creative, uh, but y'all got yeah, creative. So it should be, we'll see how it goes. Anyway, my off top. Off top. All right, so uh, Minnesota Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor is exploring selling the Wolves, and of course, the greatest Timberwolf of all time, the big ticket, Farragut's own Kevin Garnett is interested. Uh, says he has a group already ready to go. Glenn Taylor uh, wants to make sure that whoever buys the team, similar to what happened with uh, Cole and the uh, the, the uh, Bucks doesn't sell the team. 
Uh, so uh, Glenn Taylor is going to – whoever buys the team has to stay, has to keep the team in Minnesota. It Clearly, it seems like KG would probably do that with his affinity for Minnesota. He was up there running around with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis uh, back in the day. So I think uh, Jimmy Jam was like his man. Jimmy Jam was like KG's man uh, back in the days growing up. And I mean literally growing up being a, a, really the first high school player uh, since, what, Daryl Dawkins maybe or Moses Malone? I think it was Daryl Dawkins. But almost Malone to enter the NBA since high school. Uh, but listen, I'm excited. Uh, that team should go to Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. It's great to see a player who, because of his age when he entered the NBA, uh, and just the fact that his first contract basically caused a lockout on top of Carl Malone and players wanting a rookie salary scale and Glenn Robinson coming to the league like I want $100 million <laughs> from Purdue. Mm-hmm. But uh, to see him uh, with, because he earned it, uh, and again, coming in early, it was like, man, when this kid, when his rookie deal is up, we don't have to pay him, pay him. Uh, it'd be great to see him be in charge of this team who he stayed loyal to at a time when most players would have been like, you know what? You can't figure it out. Even though we know Kevin McHale drafted him, he was basically being loyal to Kevin McHale, but he should have gotten out there earlier. And Kevin McHale sent it to his, his team, the Boston Celtics. Uh, let you know how things are going to work out. Uh, thinking about Kevin McHale and the Joe Smith fiasco. So, you know, Kevin McHale works with emotions rather than logic. Uh, but it was great. It's great to see this. And I hope KG's team, and we talked about the stuff with the Mets and, and J-Lo uh, and with uh, Alex Rodriguez. This is even more important to me uh, because it's a team where this player, he is the player that helped sustain this team. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like he... He he created if it, if they got a new stadium in his time frame he built that building. Um, I was just looking at a um, a thread on uh, the Universal Fans uh, thing that we're in, and it was about uh, which player would you take at twenty two, and it was Derek Coleman, uh, Larry Johnson, Chris Webber, and KG, uh, and Anthony Davis. And I said um, KG the C Web because DC was still at Syracuse at twenty two. Larry Johnson was a, a rookie. KG was in his third year and averaged 20 and 22, 21 and 10 and had two all-stars. Chris Weber had maybe two to, he, he may have had an all-star and Anthony Davis had like averaged like 24 and 10, but Anthony Davis didn't, it, it wasn't the same. He didn't have, it wasn't the same. Cause I really would put Anthony Davis as far as what his stats say, but KG affected winning, and C-Web was like balling, yes. balling. And this is during the, the golden age of power forwards in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's great to see a player, uh, and I always say this on the show, that if there's a player that from uh, the 90s odds era that I can bring into this era that would really be crazy, I think it would be KG because I feel like, one, he would be playing center now and he wouldn't be being moved off the block as much. And you could switch him to the power forward. But his switch out game and everything that he could do would apply so well to how this space NFL, I mean, NBA uh, plays. But I'm, I'm happy and I hope he ends up uh, getting ownership of this team that he sheds so much blood for. Yeah, I mean, I hope that, I hope that happens too. Um, I always remember the interview that KG had with Coach Thompson. 
uh, of George, of George, Georgetown Hoyas. This is what Coach Thompson, I believe, was like. Uh, he was a part of the TNT family uh, doing the games, and they was having like a one-on-one discussion. He just broke down crying because he's like, "I'm losing. I can't believe I'm losing." This is when it was like the lean times in uh, Minnesota. So he gave that organization in that city and that state. Everything got out of him. And he kind of stayed there a little bit too long, if you want to say. Cold as hell, too. Very cold. Very cold, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he probably stayed there a little bit too long, in my opinion. Uh, he was like, KG's one of them kind of cast is like loyal to a default. Like, man, he is loyal to you. To you know just interject real quick. He yeah. said he stayed there too long, too, did Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, he... What, how many more years he stayed? How many, how many years he was in Boston? Four years? But he was really only in his prime for like maybe it's, two of it's them. Quasi prime for three of them. Quasi. quasi. Well, they went, they went to the championship Twice. two times. They two lost times. one and one. But one. he got hurt. He got hurt in the middle. In the, yeah, middle year. Yeah, the middle right. one. And they would have won the last one if Kendrick Perkins didn't get hurt. Yeah, didn't get hurt either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won against the Lakers. Uh, so, but yeah, that'll be really, really cool to uh, see. Uh, if his group ends up winning. Now, obviously, it always comes down to money. Uh, I think it'll be great to start. It's, it's, it's very cool to see players who are of our generation uh, kind of get into the role of not just being these casters on TV and doing and hawking, you know what I'm saying, cereal on commercials. Ownership. It all It's all about ownership. And I'm so happy that these guys are... Uh, men and women are able to get to the point where it's kind of like, nah, man, I'm, I'm, when I'm done playing, I'm owning. That's, that's when things start to level out and you, you'll probably start to see a lot of more systemic change within any kind of industry or within professional sports. So I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hoping that he gets it. I don't know who else is going to be a, a bidding team. Maybe some other players might be some bidding teams. We don't we'll know. We'll see. It's only like 1.2. So it's, it's low money. You know it's what I'm 1.2 billion for them. That's, that's low. It. That's low money. That's low money. You know what I'm saying? KG, KG got that. All he got to put up oh, is like probably. That? All, yeah, all he got to put up is like probably like one fifty or hundred mil himself. Yeah, and he's and he's door. made he's made quite a bit of change yeah. in his uh, career. Yeah, I mean, so, we don't and, even know how much money he's made off the court. Off the court, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It'd be pretty cool to see KG as an owner. I'd be a fan of seeing that, especially the Timberwolves can't keep an owner because they're mm. stuck in a horrible city and horrible state. Ooh, right on Minneapolis like wow. that. I enjoy Minneapolis. In many of Off summer, the top rope. Many of summer I spent in, in Minneapolis. I enjoy Minneapolis. It's cool. And Minneapolis is cool in the summer. And my aunt staying next door to Prince's mama and teaching him in grade school. Hey, you respect there you go. that. There you go. <laughs> you respect that. You put some respect. Everything on about respect with you today. <laughs> also, no, uh, if, if it did have Prince, I rock with you. Okay. <laughs> Okay, if it is, it's, it's a prince. It's, it's, it's a seventh heaven type of thing or seventh fair city, enough. whatever. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead, finish up, Ryan. Uh, you know, one thing I just thought of with the loyalty thing, D, that you said, man, mm-hmm. he was crazy loyal. Crazy yeah. loyal to a fault. Like, yeah. how many years did he stay extra? Because wasn't the Bulls trying to get in on him uh-huh. and they couldn't give up the pieces and then it worked out that he went to Boston. He didn't want to come, man. though. True. He didn't want to come. Yeah, that was another Luau Dang trade the Bulls refused to do. Quote, unquote. <laughs> right? And the, think about who you could have had to come to Chicago if you brought KG here, right? Yeah. Mind I mean, you, how, like, many, how many years was Wally Zerbiak his number two? 
<laughs> years. Crazy. Years. With that, well, that was after Latrell, right? At least. No, that was before. That's before. Before Latrell? Yeah, okay. before Latrell. Okay. Like, at least two. Dog, when you say that, how many years of Joe Smith? Dog, they lost yeah. draft picks to sign Joe Smith to an illegal extension. Joe, listen, I'm not dissing <laughs> Joe, Joe Smith. Like, that's how, like, when you just think about the fact that they could never pair him up with somebody, and this is the, even in the kicker, before going to Boston, he, Kobe was coming for him. So even think about that, because he probably, dog, he may have had about three titles if him and Kobe would have teamed up together. Right, because mind you, that was what stopped him from winning two. Mm-hmm. Kobe, right? Yeah, because they only went to the they, they went they twice. Went to the, they went they to the went Western twi- Conference cha- tw- twice. No, they faced the Lakers twice. Oh, oh, you're talking about the championship. I'm thinking, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm but mind thinking you, about him. The Celtics are nothing. Oh no! Nah. If KG is with Kobe at the time, all they're playing against is probably LeBron and the Cavs. Yeah, no, right? like, maybe Detroit. Maybe, but they would have beat them. They would have. They oh, would have. Yeah. They would have beat them. I was thinking about. I was thinking about his time in Minnesota. I think they only went to the Western Conference Finals. No, one. One. Time. one yeah, that was a year time. with Latrell and and with Sam, uh, Sam Cassell. Yeah. When uh they the, the they lost to the Lakers, but I think the Lakers were the one of Carmelo and get hurt. Because mm-hmm. Carmelo actually kind of played KG fine. That's also the season that I, I gained the playoff series, playoff run. I gained a lot more appreciation for Chris Webber because that's when he had microfracture surgery. The first round was the uh, Sacramento Kings, Kings versus the Timberwolves. And this is C-Webb had just come back, and he had no lift. And he was so gritty against KG at this at, at that point. And I was like, see, that's, the, that's where you see somebody and you really know who they are when they don't have what they the, the athleticism that they depended on. They still have the skill set and the mind, the game IQ. And I gained so much respect for uh, C-Web for that, who is definitely unheralded as being one of the better power forwards of all time. Yeah. And real quick before we go to the next off the top, the sale on this line, I don't know if you all saw this, the um, the women's national soccer team, Natalie Porter and Serena Williams are going to be, uh, they're going to have a group, of, they, oh, they, they group actually did win. Uh, they're going to have an ownership and they're going to bring a, a team to the uh to the LA area. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool too. Once again, more people of our ilk of our generation, you're starting to see them own owning uh basketball. I mean, well, sports teams in general. Natalie Portman, uh Serena Williams, uh Vina, I mean Evina, I'm sorry, uh, Eva, uh Eva, Lagor- Eva Lagoria. A uh, whole bunch of people is on this too. Uh, Jeff Call them the professionals and have like that little young yeah. Natalie Portman as a silhouette as the there you go for the mascot. Jessica with the flower, Chastain, with the flower. Uh, America Fiera, Jennifer Gardner. Oh my gosh, Mia Hamm. Yeah, yeah for soccer, the professionals. And wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're going to also have soccer uh, legends on this uh, ownership too. Uh, ownership team too. Uh, uh, Abby Wambach, Mia Hamm, uh, Shannon Box. Uh, Julie Fondi. So I'm on, uh, I'm nice on the minor yeah. league team right there. I'm on there too. I'm on there too. <laughs> you on that too? I, I, yeah, I put like I put like fifty on that. You got two bucks? Put like, like 50, that. like fifty. Everybody I, getting the cut. Actually, I put twenty five, but I was like, I'll give you the other twenty five later. Everybody. It's like one of those infomercials. Try to get you to buy them. Like get listen, stuck I, in listen, soccer. Speaking of infomercials, Ryan, the minute that Emma Lagasse does a different air fryer, I'm on his ass. Cause I bought that damn thing, Emerald. <laughs> you better not. You got about two more years, boy. You better switch off on that air fryer right there. But getting back, bam! <laughs> right. There you go. All right. Yeah. Off Good top. for those ladies. Oh. Good for those ladies. Yeah, exactly. Out, off, off top. Off top. All right. So one thing is really jumped out to me uh, so far when it comes to the baseball season, 
and what's been standing out since uh, at least the the, exp- uh, the preseason, if you want to say, is starting up, is the amount of players that we are seeing taking a knee during the national anthem. Now, we saw the San Francisco Giants and their players uh, take a knee, and also the Cincinnati. I saw the Cincinnati Reds uh, take some players take a knee as well. Uh, I think this is coming in a time where obviously the country is going through a racial awakening amongst a lot of people. I believe I saw a, a quote from uh, Clayton Kershaw saying like they just didn't understand what, uh, what Colin Kaepernick was coming from, but now they do. Uh, and you're going to see a lot of pl- more more players uh, do this possibly. And this is also coming at a time when before nobody wanted to do it because they feared the wrath, I don't know why, of Agent Orange 45 in the White House. And he actually did a sound of the tweet like, I'm not going to be watching you know what I'm yeah. saying? Sports, they're going to be taking a knee. And a lot of people are like, okay, bye. Even professional athletes, like, we'll need you. Kick rocks. So this is going to be something um, for the nation to see once baseball starts. And you see a lot more uh, players do this because the demographic of baseball is what? Middle-aged white men. And as of right now, we see that's predominantly President Trump's base. Where so, are they going to go? What are they gonna go? Well, they don't have to go anywhere. They can just turn it off if they I want saw, to. Um, I saw uh, um, an official in Dallas or Texas coming at Mark Cuban and Ted Cruz also. Ted Cruz, yeah. But now this was before Ted Cruz. Okay. Saying that uh, it, 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 I don't know if it was a, someone, a congressman, in his region is Dallas or a senator, but he's basically saying that I'm looking forward for what the Timberwolves, not the Timberwolves, the Mavericks are doing. They got personality. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the player takes a knee, I'm out. And uh, that's what sparked Mark Cuban going at him and then Ted Cruz interjected. Right. Um, listen, this is funny. And when you just said this crossed my mind, I would love to have Colin Kaepernick's cell phone to see the amount of people that apologized for not being with him four years mm. ago. Mm, like you just brought up Clayton Kershaw. I was like, man, I ain't even, mm. even know. Do you think he goes to though? No, I think no. Colin, no, I don't think Colin would. Because no, 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 no. Do you think people would uh, make that text to Colin? Yeah, or do you think yeah, a lot I do. Would... I do. I think. I think people would make that text to him. Uh, some people, Ryan, not everybody. So I'm along with your, the lines what you're saying. But yeah, I think like when you heard what Clayton Kershaw said, it wouldn't surprise me if he reached out to him in some kind of ways. Like, man, listen, he may not have wanted something back, but look, I understand. I understand back then, even though it's month, it's more of your willing to understand and willing to have empathy uh, for the most part. What are you about to say, D? Yeah, no, I found the quote from Colin, uh, from uh, Clayton Kershaw about Colin Kaepernick. This is coming from the Athletic article. He said, all the way back with Colin Kaepernick, I think everybody, including myself, just didn't understand. We were apologetic for that. I was apologetic for that. Yeah, so I, I would think he probably was like, listen, if he could get his hand on his number, man, I didn't even understand. And I mean, because... When you see something that's ground shifting like this and someone was pointing it out to you in hindsight years, years ago, ago, yeah, you know, like, and they also, it, it'd be different if they pointed it out and Colin Kaepernick was still on Wheaties boxes and earning the income right now, commiserate to what he would have been earning back then. Good point. But he gave up his, his, his earnings. Sacrificed right? him. Yeah. yeah, thank you, D. He sacrificed his earnings. So and you think about that being someone who is a professional athlete and this is how you make your money. And he didn't sacrifice it. Cause I mean, still to this day, Kurt flood doesn't get his props, right? Very true. But he sacrificed it. And, but, but it took years for them to really appreciate Kurt flood 
this is really is right back on your ass, basically, as far as like, damn, that, we was wrong. Boomerang, real quick. Yeah, so it, I, I would think some people did was like, dude, you know what? I mean, especially if you're from like, you're not even from the culture, because it's different where if you're from the culture, having to come to somebody within the culture and be like, brother, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't support you. Mm-hmm. At least you have, you have the narrative of being naive, lacking empathy because you didn't know and you're ignorant. So it's easy to come to somebody and be like, listen, I'm sorry, I didn't know because I'm not black. I don't know the type of things that you go through, vice versa, and things of that that nature. So it, to me, it's it's that's I would love to have his cell phone and see the people that said that because, I mean, when you think about Trump used it to, to listen Trump used it to this day to keep Jerry Jones silent just think about that hmm. Trump used that to this day and it keeps the loudest mouth in the NFL and as we could say in pro wrestling the loudest mouth in the south mm-hmm. it keeps the loudest mouth in the south to this day he still hasn't popped off and said one thing to say I understand and I was I wasn't right He's basically like, it's better if I stay quiet because the amount of fans that have told me if I go with that, which is a lie, because these idiots love the Dallas Cowboys too much. You're going to lose 10% of them if that. They love the Cowboys too much in the if first that. place. If that. They, they, they do. They love it. It's too much like a religion to it's them. It is football, yeah. But he is still complicit with ignorance because of what Trump did and how he galvanized these people with this fuck shit. And you can keep that on the show. Deal. I think for me, uh, you know, it's great seeing everybody kneeling, bringing more and more awareness. It, that I don't know why. That Kershaw quote just kind of annoys me. It's like, I just don't understand how many years did you have to hear about Colin Kaepernick? What happened afterwards? I mean, it's not like it'd be one thing if Colin was kneeling he got, let's say, cut, and then he was trying to do some stuff, but it was just buried back page. Bottom. Like, I can tell you how many times national radios were saying the blackballing a grievance case, basically, that he was having with the NFL, suing them. That was front page news, and a lot of things with Colin Kaepernick's front page news. Yeah. It was very little that wasn't front page news, and just like now guys are understanding. I mean, I get where – they're coming from, I guess, in a way, maybe there's some naiveness, you know, not growing up in the same environment, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, Ken, but it's just an eye roll for me. You're, but it, you're, it's just you're, good. You're a black whore, though. Oh, stop, Ken. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Ken of Davis. take that as a negative concept. Ken of Davis. We did not get our hands on him and we're his first blacks. He came to this like, yeah, guys, I do this, <laughs> right? So, so what he's saying you know is what? Ryan is <laughs> I want to go Ryan into, because Ryan, I want to go into that more what you're saying. So Ryan, and you, what what was your perception when this was going on? Right? Like what's your difference? Like what do you feel like your difference is with these athletes in this understanding? I guess is a question I should ask you. Well, I think it's kind of what we've been saying now, but I actually applied it back then. Like Kyle was making huge sacrifices. Like you pointed out, how many endorsements did he lose? I mean, this is a guy coming off a Super Bowl a couple years beforehand, mm-hmm. and he was looking as maybe the next big thing when it came to quarterbacks. That's what Jaw said. That's what Jaw said. Yeah. Right. Like, he was looked at as a big deal. I mean, he replaced Alex Smith and just took that team to that next level, which is what they were looking for with all that talent. And he's deciding to basically punt 
on his career in a lot of ways. And, you know, it wasn't hard to judge the climate at the time. I mean, you've got Trump, as you pointed out, he's saying, son of a bitch, kneeling. But then at the same time, you have the Charleston incident and he's calling them good people that are doing oh, their hate sides. crime, basically. Right. Charlottesville. So, uh, and I'm sorry. Yeah, Charlottesville. And then, you, as you pointed out, he starts taking the knee. He's trying to bring, with all his sound bites, and you hear him in the interview, what are you kneeling for? And it was just very simple. There is a problem with police brutality. And personally, for me, going through Yahoo News, that's something that you can see basically every day mm-hmm. on there. So it was like, I believed it. I believed it was a problem. And I believe at the time, too, we got to remember there was like four or five cell phone videos that I think came out in a relative short time where it was mm-hmm. like, Hey, this is really going on. Like we have mm-hmm. to have a conversation about this, but you know, a lot of people just wanted to turn it off. And I just, I never understood that. I think it was the whole thing. Well, obviously all this, uh, what we're currently seeing with the protests going around the country is all, all tied to George Floyd. And as I said, and I said it a thousand times, people saw a lynching. And I think a lot of people, I remember when I, uh, at my nine to five, we had, before we, we was in the office, we had kind of like a big uh, African-American ERG meeting and we uh, basically opened up to the entire company so anybody could come. And we were talking about um, people actually seeing photos of lynchings. And a lot of people in the room had never seen anything like it. They, they, they heard about it, they know about it, but they never actually physically saw it, right? Right. And now you have a generation and a country, well, hell, a world, seeing it on camera. It was a lynching. And I think it, you know, basically opened up a lot of eyes and minds to a lot of people. And then what did you hear soon after that? This is what Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for. That was going across Twitter and social media out people out off of people's lips within seconds. Yeah, this is what he was talking about. And I think into the sports world with the athletes, they was like some of them who probably, as you to your point, Ryan, probably saying like, you know, they just didn't know it just didn't affect them. They didn't understand. It was kind of like, oh, oh, now we get it. And I think that has come across millions of people if not billions of people across the world. So am I surprised by it? No, I'm not surprised by it. I wouldn't say, I understand where you're coming from, Ryan. I'm not going to negate your feelings on it, saying that it's kind of like an eye roll moment. But I think a lot of people, they no, just, they just. It is an eye roll moment. Give my man this all his No, 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 I, no. I'm you going to say I'm going to hate on you and your wife? Son? Give my man <laughs> no, his props. No, no, my no. My man grew out in Bart. I am Ryan, not where did saying, you grow up at, Ryan? I'm not saying that Ryan at? is wrong. I'm not saying Fox River Grove, wrong. baby. Fox yeah. River Grove, right? Right. We're gonna delve into this. We're gonna delve into this into the. I don't know. We're gonna name the show. <laughs> we'll delve into this when we go inside because you you're on the right side. D and his people are on the right side. No, he's trying to give them cover. No, like, no. I never seen an election. I never turned the TV on before. No photos is right there all the time. It's all there. Can you just see people sitting there pointing like this? Can I'm not saying that nobody. You're like this. I'm not saying. No, listen, I'm gonna tell you the only thing surprising is let you know the civility. Which is so disrespectful when you say it's civility mm-hmm. of the, the, the 1900s. 
I was looking at a lynching today, and I was the only thing I was surprised they didn't do was this, which I hate when people do this on pictures, right? right. I was like, I'm surprised they were sitting there like they basically got a Coca Cola. Smiling. What did you see today? I was uh, it was I was watching it on social media. No, it was on social media, oh, okay. and it was talking about the people that was these brothers tied to trees dead, mm. and um, it was just one of those things, Dude. and it's just still. Give my man his give my man his roses while he right oh, there. Ryan gets all the roses. All the thing I'm roses. trying to say is it's a lot of people that's ignorant to what's mm. happening in the world. But mm. you say this, I saw a video clip today. I mean, all these, you know, saying with TikTok, obviously, you see these like short little videos with you know, saying people posting or like that. A man pulled upside, it had to be somebody of color, I guess and a black person, obviously, right? Old white dude rolled down the window and said, 50 years ago, I would have hung you from that tree. So these are the kind of things that I think people. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go, go, go ahead. And they didn't snatch his ass up out of that car. It did. It, it, it went off. It's he TikTok. pulled off that fast. He didn't pull off. No, no, no. He didn't pull off. It's a TikTok. He just went off. That's how the. That's how it we works. Went. I have no idea. No, what no, wait. Did he? Did he take the TikTok or the person that he said it to took the TikTok? No, the person he said it to, to, to uh, had the TikTok. Because we would, so they had the TikTok ready to go when he was about to say some racist shit to no, them. No, no, they video, they videotape. I guess this is how it works uh, with TikTok. You videotape and then you just upload it to okay. the platform. Because yeah, we would have snatched his ass out. But all I'm trying let to say him know, is, we'd be like, guess what? How today that shit go? Yeah, but all I'm trying right? to say is, when stuff like that is permeating across social media. It's opening up. It's not opening up the three of our eyes because we're cognizant of, cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. It, but it is opening up a lot of people's eyes. That's why it's kind of like, what the hell is going on? What is all these people out here doing? Well, you're Clayton freaking Kershaw. You're yeah, not you can, some like You can Joe still be Smoke. ignorant. You can be ignorant. I know. Dude. I don't care who it, it just, is. You can be on. very, very ignorant to what's happening. He's fine taking all the rose petals being the greatest like Dodger of all time. But... Which he's not. No, he's not. I'll still take Sandy Koufax over his ass to, yeah. say, to, to, to say the least. Madison uh, Bumgarner won a championship by himself. All right, it's not a Dodger though. I'm just right, saying, I like he did to, say Dodgers. I just like to, I just like I like I like to throw Madison Bumgarner out. There. All right, the NBA unveils off top. This is real quick going out. The NBA unveils Black Lives Matter on the Orlando court. Uh, it has been delivered on its promise to print Black Lives Matter on the game court for the league restart in Orlando on Tuesday. It's from ESPN. The league unveiled the new court, giving reporters in the bubble a tour of Black Lives Matter is written on the floor in large glossy black print. Instead of having a game broadcaster at the table on the sideline and center court, they will be enclosed in the plexiglass panels, creating separation between them and the players. But also, the NFL. Hey, where though? Where? Are they going to be in on the court? Thing? Yeah, they're, they're so they're going to be, be in a box, like yeah, a box. In, yeah, I mean, but think about what you see with when, when you're looking at what the White Sox are doing, where Jason Benetti and Steve Stone aren't even in the same booth together. Yeah, but they're, why are they even on the court? Why are they even down there? They could put them somewhere just up protect. High. So they can see what's happening. All right. Dude, I've been to basketball courts. I've been to basketball games where the announcers are up high and they call the games. Why are they, they even down there? What, what, what league was that? That was a college. Okay, but this is the NBA. What? Why are they down? Okay, whatever. All right. Also, the NFL is planning to allow social justice decals on the helmets. <laughs> also, for me, it's been the NFL is planning to allow players to have decals on the back of their uh, helmets bearing their names or initials of victims of systemic racism and police violence. Police source told the undefeated Jason Reed, individual players will be given the option to choose different names 
Uh, the league has been in talks with players in their union since June about somehow honoring the victims. And NFL is also planning to have a lift every voice and saying traditionally known as the Black National Anthem perform live or play before every week one game. This is a question. Why is every week one why game? Yeah, why the first and, week? And, and most of your league is black. But every listen, damn week. If y'all was, if y'all had, listen, if y'all had a team in Canada, y'all play can, the Canadian National Anthem before every game and the American National Anthem. But you got a league that's like 60, almost 70% black, and y'all don't play the national, the black national anthem. Showing disrespect I'll is what you're week. showing. Because I, like you get you get a week and then we get back to it when the black national anthem is really for everybody. Is like that's the thing too. That I don't think like that's one thing too. And it's a flip thing. Like with civil rights and so the things that black people do lift up all Americans. They lifted up Latinos, Asians, LBTQ plus. The things is the struggles that black people have to go, white people, white middle class, white, white lower class, the thing that black people have had to go through and get rules put in for, they never put in a rule basically was like, this is for blacks. And people can bring up, you know, where what what about uh sitting there and making sure this many uh black kids can get into school? I'm talking about real, all right? Well, for everybody, uh, it usually comes down to the things that we do lift up all people and not just us. But the fact that you have a predominantly black league and you're like, we're going to sing y'all American song, right? One time. One time. Right? You, you get it one time. One time. Hey, real quick. Um, I want to go back to the NBA thing about, you know, saying what's going on with the court. I'm all for the Black Lives Matters and stuff on the court. But I have been seeing pictures of the stadiums uh, or the courts. It seems like it's just too much going on. I saw a lot of lights and banners and LED screens and shit like that. Why is that all down there? I haven't seen it. Yeah, it looks like it's like a regular basketball. They well, should just have a court. Nobody nah, down there. You, there you go with that BS. One thing, uh, D, that they're going to bring is there's going to be a social media or watching from home aspect where I, fr- I don't know if they've unveiled it, but you have to like basically show your support. So you pick on the team that you're showing support, and it's going to enhance sound and lights in the stadium where they're playing. Get that, but nobody should be on the court down there except the players and the refs. Why is anybody else? No, but you're saying with like the lights. You said the lights. What are you talking about? Yeah, like the banners and stuff. Like a lot of nobody else is on the. What? What? What you said? Nobody else. The banners and LEDs are not people. It's just too much going on. They don't need all that. All right, you ready to take us out? Just wait wait a minute. Hold on. Why you gotta go past what I'm saying? It's I'm just not, too much going you on. You said your point. You said it's just too point. much going on. I'm not even going to debate your point. I understand. I don't why. Think you took us out before. Let me check us out. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand why the announcers down there. Uh-huh. Why? Why? Why are they down there? Are they putting like plexiglass, like where? If like, I gotta get put in a plexiglass in a locker, yeah. Why am I there? Why are you down there? If you gotta get put in a box, why are you there? That's the only thing I gotta say. All should be down there. Is there is there a person like Target? They have that special key and they unlock you if you need to come in for a cameras. A few cameras somewhere. The refs and the players. That's all you need. And the Black Lives Matter. I like that. All right, Dean Davis. When we coming back, Cal means uh, my stuff. Managing editor for Real Rigor Radio is going to join us to talk baseball. Dean Davis' show. What's up, everybody? It's Cameron Smith from CBS Two Chicago. You're listening to the D and Davis Show. D and Davis Show. We are back, and we are back with WeAreRigorRadio.com editor in chief, Cal Means. Make sure you follow Cal on Twitter at at work underscore right. This one once again is at work underscore right. W R K underscore W R T. And on We Are Regal Radio 
Facebook.com and all the platforms and all the shows we are doing. Welcome back baseball right here in Chicago. You got the Cubs and the Sox going against each other and the uh you got it, the Sox and the Sox going against each other. <laughs> well, that, was, that was that was last week, but we ain't gonna do the Cubs like that. The Cubs we the, I'm the just Cubs talking about is, these last two games, D. Yeah, I know, brother. Yeah, they they I, 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 know. I literally said this morning because I was watching back. I was watching it today. I'm sorry for jumping in. No, no, no. I was like, so wait, after the first inning, I ain't gotta watch no more of this. Oh man. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Keiko and you go out. That's what I said, right? I'm gonna go because I'm gonna see if Keiko gives up the three uh, runs or whatever. But just looking from the day before, and again, listen, I've said it all the time. I'm not gonna let the Sox trick me. But damn, Ryan, you out here looking real bad, baby. You was talking <laughs> yeah, all that talk. <laughs> what? I was talking one about your home. One I was talking you was talking one, one all that like, you don't even know how it is to be here and all this other stuff. Oh, like, yeah. And now all that Afro-Caribbean is on your neck. All that Afro-Caribbean is on your neck. All that Afro-Caribbean is on your neck. Like, woo! It's like the Black Panthers of the Caribbean coming down on UML. Wait, are we doing Welcome Back Baseball or Lies of Dean Davis? Cubs hate. Go ahead, though, DC. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's only been two games, and it's only been uh, preseason games, uh, if you want to call it that, between the Cubs and the Sox. One game is at Wrigley, one game is at Comiskey. But as you said, Cal Means is here, and uh, he's going to uh, – He's going to throw some topics to us, you know what I'm saying, kind of see how we feeling about the Cubs and the Sox and baseball overall. So, Cal, please take it away. Well, thanks, D, for welcoming me back to the show. I know it's been a while, but uh, glad to be back on with you guys, especially as as we say goodbye to D. You know, uh, we'll, get, we'll get that later. But, but uh, yeah, man, it's just, just really excited about – it's interesting about baseball, just ex- – it's something that's bringing us back to sports. Like, I'm just thinking about it today. Like, we've had so little sports over the past few months, but it seems like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have more sports than we could stand. Yeah. Because <laughs> there'll be so many games. All the leagues are going to be playing multiple games every day, like, throughout the whole day, day and night. So, mm-hmm. baseball is going to be among them. And, of course, you know, we, we have a long history of loving and following the game here. You two have always been devoted to the game, so I'm glad to talk with y'all. And, and, we, and we started with the Sox. Like like we said, the past two games, they've had two games on, against the Cubs. They showed out in both games. The offenses seemed to be there. They had a pretty good pitch performance from Dallas Kaiku at the uh, at the, the South Side game and at Guarantee Break. And, you know, I just want to – you know, we had a uh, we had a piece too on the on the site today that I ran with uh, Drew Stevens. Uh, you know, he he spoke he wrote real well about not being a Sox fan for a while. You know, he grew up in the area and everything in the Bronzeville area, but he's he's even excited about the team now. And like you know, Ken brought it up. You don't want to be fooled again. Though you follow the Sox for so long, you you we can all express times that we've been fooled by this team, but. It's hard not to be excited about this team right now. They're so young. They're so, they have such depth with their bats. They have an energy and the excitement about them that we haven't seen since 05, really, since 08, maybe at the latest, mm-hmm. when they when they barely made You know, I just want to set it off with that. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts exactly on – this team and how much of an impact do you think they could make this year? Could they have something like a fifth, a, tw- a 2015 where the Cubs 
sort of skipped a year in their development and made noise and got into the playoffs. They didn't, you know, make it all the way, but they made noise that year leading up to the 16 year where they took it all. Do you foresee something like that possibly happening this year besides? Can you kick it off? Um, perhaps um, with this shortened season, especially a young team, you never know what type of lows that could take place. And another thing, just looking at these two exhibition games, that it was explosion in innings. It wasn't, and again, it's a small sample size. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, uh, you know, they were just adding up, adding up runs every inning. So that also leads to the point where there could be some slumpage. Uh, but one of the things you saw in uh, one, of the, uh, one of the details there as far as the Cubs leading the league last season, I think they had 28 uh, five-run innings, and the Sox were the worst with just eight. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that's not going to be the story. But looking at some of the the, the, the the lack of scoring that the Cubs went into last year, you could also see that happening on the south side where it's just like, all right, we're hot this inning, but what about games where you just don't get a catch a flashpoint this inning? I think it's not going to happen on the south side because – I don't know. I think this is a little bit different from what the Cubs was doing. I hate to say it because I don't want to cast any dispersions on young Ryan, and I know how much hate usually <laughs> swells in his lower regions. Oh, man. My goodness. <laughs> his loins. His you loins. got hate in his loins? Ooh, his loins. Like, woo! Hey, you have hate in your loins. I, I know. He, he, he's busting out hate. It's like, damn. damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. What's going on, man? But, uh, but, uh, because it's just like, dude, I'm like, so just visualizing. Cause we've been, we've been looking at this like, all right, socks, is this some BS or whatever? Uh, definitely you want to see Tim Anderson getting back to what he was doing last year. Mm-hmm. As long as he hits really 300 and above, I'm happy for the most part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I'm, I'm good with that. But when you're looking at the fact that you think about Eloy and the amount of breaking pitches he took as a rookie last year, we still ain't even seen Luba. Listen, that grand slam Eloy hit with the amount of, and it's just like okay. first pitch, first pitch grand slam too. Yeah, so it's just like you know, I, so I started going through my head through my my lifetime of teams that seem like they're they're young, semi young. Maybe there's a vet there. I thought about, like, the Cleveland Indians of the 90s. You know, when the Jake first opened up, we're talking about Tommy. Uh, maybe Manny was there. Uh, Omar, uh, I, I believe perhaps uh, Roberto was there at that time. Kenny Lofton out in the outfield. You know, I'm just trying to look at, like, teams where it's just like, dude, if these guys are just really good, they're, and they're, they're multifaceted, outside of really Eloy, but they're multifaceted. And I'm just like... Man, this could be something. I am holding on to a wait-and-see approach. I must say that it was good to see in that small sample size, Dallas Keuchel uh, go out there and pitch. But again, with him being a ground ball pitcher, I mean pitcher, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But we're not even asking him to be the ace. We're looking at Lucas Giolito. We're really asking him to be the guy to be the vet and to keep everything going. Uh, I guess the question would be uh, Ricky Renteria, but as far as lineup-wise, now before last season we all wanted – Tim Anderson to move up, uh, and perhaps I'll give him props for this. Perhaps it wasn't time for Tim Anderson to assume that mantle to have to think about more than just hitting. You know what I'm saying? To have to think about getting on base and starting to get everything going or whatever. Uh, you saw the plays that Makata did. I, uh, Steve Stone said he had two. I think he had three uh, really good plays at third. 
Uh, I, I think it's, I think Nick Magical being young is gonna have him. It's gonna take him a second. He seems like he has a little bit of the yips or whatever. But it's, it seems like all right, everything's popping. But and this is my only issue. This is the worst. This is not the worst time. I'm, I'm, I'm not being honest. I would prefer to have gotten 162 out of this. Like so, a part of me feels cheated. Um, when you brought up 2015 with the Cubs, um, one thing good about the Cubs. When 2015 happened, they still kept their mind on the prize. So we could talk about what happened and the hangover after the Cubs were in the World Series. It, a lot of teams that take that step, sometimes you take that step, and we say this in football a lot, we're like, well, let's see what they do next year now that they finally got their act together, if it's too much too soon. So I can't – it would be good if they are like the Cubs because props to the Cubs for those young players being able to stay mindful and focused to go out and win the World Series uh, the next season. Uh, so that would be something to go because even with the Cubs, at least they had – those young players had an entire season for the most part, depending on when they were called up. They had an entire season to adjust to the MLB. This is in this hodgepodge type of mix. I, I wonder how it's going to apply to next year. And, and one thing I was talking about on Sean Amaya uh, yesterday was what D always talking about this is a sprint, not a marathon. Yeah. How do you flip it? to adjusting your mindset to a marathon when for some of these guys, they spent most of their time as far as being prominent. Now we could talk about the two players that snapped last year when it comes to Mankata and uh, uh, Tim Anderson, but when they're adjusting to the sprint and then trying to readjust to a marathon. So that's a concern, but to be all mm. fa- to be real honest with you. And you mentioned this, this is crazy. I'm, I want to focus on the boys of summer for a minute. Uh, but the NBA is on my ass, and it's like, could you just wait, NBA? Can I get a minute with the boys in <laughs> summer, right? The NBA is yeah. right, right here, uh, but it, it's sweet. Like, I've enjoyed – I've actually enjoyed not seeing – and this is in Wrigley and Guarantee Rate. No fans in there because, one, it, it shows me the clean lines of the stadium. Uh, I like some of the outside shots because I feel like, why don't y'all show more of these shots when the fans are in the stadium or whatever? I like some of the outside – I thought – and it's funny – I thought uh, Wrigley did a better uh, job with putting in sound. And it's funny, the last few years, last three years, when when, uh, Wrigleyville got that big uh, screen in there, I feel like they jumped ahead of the sock sound-wise. I think they do better when it comes to to the sound out there and and how they they present that part of their product. Uh, But I did enjoy the Cubs pumping in the sound because it wasn't overbearing. Listening to the Sox game, I heard uh, I heard motorcycles running running down a Dan Ryan. It's like you can just turn that sound up just a little bit, all right? Just give me a little bit of fan fan noise or whatever. But again, I'm excited. Um, I actually, you know what? I really hope I don't want the Cubs to suck this year. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I really don't want it to be a situation where it's like this. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather be closer to this. But I'm worried because, and again, D, and I'll get off after this, we've always had a, a, a debate on you, Darvish, and you've been winning that debate. And it seemed like, you know, you's going to you. You know, I don't know why nobody told you, baby, all you need is five pitches, and that's too much, right? All this is like, just stop, stop, quit it out. Uh, but that's the thing where I'm worried about the Cubs um, going into this year. But they, they should be fine. They have enough talent. But you still have a rookie uh, manager, so that's to say the least. And they got a tough division, too. True. That's, they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, for the Sox, for me, man, um, like I said, can't say it. I've been saying it since, I mean, the same before the season started. Well, this kind of season is going to be a sprint in a marathon. Uh, you're going to – this might not be a bad time where 
you have these young guys go out there. It's almost kind of like throwing them into the deep end. Like, hey, you have an opportunity right now to really make some noise. Let's see what you can do. Because they have the pitching, I think. I think we, we I think this season should see a, a more of an offensive punch. Uh, okay, let's see what the defense is like. But, uh, but Johan coming back at third base, man, he making play after play after play. That was really good to see him out there feeling. And, and, and he seems to be very comfortable as, you know, saying nothing's happened. Um, and, and just the depth within the lineups. Now, the youth part is going to come out. You're going to, I mean, Eloy and Lou Bob are going to see a whole bunch of breaking balls. <laughs> you know, they're going to they're going to get thrown off. You uh, go back to the first game with Hendricks, man. He served Lou Bob up real nice. It's like, yeah, welcome to the majors, kid. Welcome to the majors. So hopefully you try to see uh, if he's able to adjust on the fly. And so far, it seems like he has been able to. I think he got a couple of hits or at least one hit in the game against the Cubs. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm excited for the season overall. I think the White Sox should be able to catch, make some noise because they're young. It seems as if they're hungry and loving and loving the mic up with Tim Anderson and just the communication and the talking and the talking. It seems like they just, you know what I'm saying, in the bench, in the dugout, just really getting amped up. You're going to need that. You're going to need that energy because everybody's going to be foot to the floor gunning for it. So, you know what I'm saying? I know you want to have some vets in there to keep everybody calm and cool sometimes. But um, I think with the youth and them just being thrown into the fire, I'm kind of excited about that to see where it goes. Uh, for uh, me, okay. uh, I would say, uh, especially for Sox fans, I think you can dream big this year. I mean, it's a 60-game sprint, young players. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. In terms of the Cubs – you know, they didn't bring anybody in to really fix the offense besides Jason Kipnis. So it's all about guys developing or being just better in their approach. So we'll see uh, if that gets better at all. I'm not too optimistic because it's been years since the World Series and no guys have really stepped up. And mm-hmm. maybe Chris Bryant is great, but we don't even know if he can really stay healthy. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. It's gonna, I wonder how players are going to kind of come with a mindset does the team like the Sox just have this benefit of youth where they're just kind of almost stupid in a way of not knowing? You expect your mouth back. when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking dumb, about dumb. it. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ryan. And then with the Cubs, does the veteran approach with the young manager help? I don't know. It just, there's a lot of wild cards in a 60 game season. And for the Cubs side, yeah, it's not looking too pretty right now. Yeah. I'm interested in, in, in Ken, you brought it up with like the 15 team, the Cubs, Cubs, and maintaining a certain mindset that benefited them in 16. I think a lot of that had to do with the, with the skipper that they had. And, uh, you know, him, him just being a guy who was able to push all the right buttons and, you know, Joe Madden, I'm speaking of, of course, you know, I'm wondering, you know, the thing with, the thing with, with with they, with they, with the flight side manager, I've always I liked the hire when they first made it when they when they were a team with devoid of much talent and they were very young. But now that they're a team with with some established talent, burgeoning talent, we should yeah, say yeah. that is having some expectations now. Can can we expect 
you know, him to take the take them to that next step, or will it be like a uh, a Doug Collins thing where he can only get them so far? And they got bring in AJ Hinch. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, it might happen. I mean, I think that's I think that is one of the biggest questions is going to be what happens with Ricky Renteria. Is he going to be able to uh, kind of get them over the hump? But, mm, can I ask you but, this real quick? Can but I ask you, you do have quick, a lot dude? of veterans, though. Let yeah. me ask you about this because you bring up a good question. Knowing Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox, and we can go this over to the Bulls, mm-hmm. and how usually management stays on par with whoever is the coach or general manager. Yeah. Would they look at this sample size being too small if Renteria doesn't live up to it to get rid of him because they could say that this was under uh, some totally different uh, circumstances and maybe it's not fair to him to sit there and say where, you know, he didn't have the whole team for a whole season. Right. You know what? Honestly, I don't think that even – I don't know what the expectations are from the front office. I haven't heard anything saying like, hey, this is playoff yeah. for us or, hey, this is – They've been quiet. Us. They've been, They've been doing quiet. that for some years, though. They've been using that they as an ha- excuse. Well, they have, but I think for the past couple of ye- couple of seasons, we've been seeing them rebuild. So what expectations can they really have? They're not like the Bulls going out saying like, oh, we expect to go to the playoffs and then they just piss down their leg. That's not the case <laughs> with the White Sox. With the White Sox, they've been very quiet. So I don't know if they even – I don't even know what their expectations are. I think they're literally well, like, let's just see what happens. I don't think they're going to put anything, any kind of pressure on Ricky Richard. The only way I think they'll do that, the only way is if they just – the play on the field sucks, the pitching changing sucks. I mean, they have to just like do – But that's not Cooper, have, though. That's not well, Cooper, though. yeah, but I don't I, think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. Isn't the expectation kind of what we've seen from the scrimmage games where you're just seeing player development – Eloy taking the next step. Tim yeah. Anderson being consistent. It's just Is that though. what gets Rickard Renteria fired? If guys, like a step back from last know. year. Yeah, let's yeah. say right now going into the season, White Sox fans and just the organization probably feels really good about their potential and their talent moving forward. Mm-hmm. If at the end of the season you're like, what happened? Is that when Ricky Renteria gets fired? And, maybe, and maybe here's we, another. Here's an, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I said, here's another scenario right quick. Say they go, you know. Say they go like twenty and ten or twenty, like God, God with a twenty-five and five or something. Like they, they do a crazy run at the beginning, and they just fall off the face of the earth. Like they, they just lose all momentum by the end of September, or even going into October, and they just get swept out of something. What if there's some sort of sign that where there's like, okay, we know we're good. But we're not at the Yankees level yet. We're not at Boston, uh, uh, no Houston level or something yet. We know we're not at that level yet. Could that maybe spur on something? I don't. I don't know because I think the season is going to be so unpredictable. And listen, when baseball, you can have those high stretches, and then you can just go cold. That's just the nature of the game. Sure. So I don't know. I don't. I, honestly, it would have to be a severe step back in some of their prime talent. Tim Anderson would have to go from hitting three thirty-five to two sixty, or Eloy is not doing what he was expected to do from last season. Any kind of progression. Uh, Lewis Robert is out there, like not knowing is is as if he's like lost. It would have to be some extreme like that. I think Ricky Renteria is fine. I think they have a lot of veteran team, veteran um, uh, leadership on the scene. They have the youth, and they have a, a, a they have those couple of stars that's at that bridge. Like, yeah, 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 we here. I think it's fine for him. I think he's good. Going along with the veteran thing, and I know we mentioned Tim Anderson earlier. I still think this is Jose Abreu's team. 
I do too. Uh, when you look at his, his excitement from the dugout when everything was going, and you know a lot of those young players are following behind them. I mean, one, it's just easier when like, there's not a language barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, even to them, let me take that out. Just in Cuba, but even here in America, Jose Abreu is a much more ballyhooed player than Tim Anderson is so far in their careers. Um, so um, I think it's, it's that's good is on the hitting side, and especially them giving him three more years and letting those players know he's not going anywhere. Also reestablishing with those players the loyalty that they want them to, to, to think about when it comes to the organization because if these players are really as good as they're supposed to be or 80% as good as they're supposed to be in five years, they're going to be knocking on the door. Some of them is going to go. One or two of them is probably going to be re-signed. Mm-hmm. But I thought just looking at it, even though I don't like the uh, the twisty tie on the Jose Abreu. You don't like the rubber band on the beard? No, I don't. <laughs> um, but uh, I, lo- I, I like Who that. Who used to do that, like Lou Albano or somebody? Yes, Captain yeah. Lou Albano. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 girls yeah. just want to have Good call, Cuzzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did that just like, who did that before? Yeah. yeah. And just think about how hard it was to, if you ever had rubber bands in your hair, mm-hmm. right, and you have to take it out and how it gets caught in your hair. and it's put, mm-hmm. Just like Captain Lou Albano used to do that all the time. It's like, that's enough. Uh, but still... <laughs> Just looking at how that team looked, Kopech still isn't there. Uh, Carlos Rodon, even though now, who thought we'd be starting the season when Carlos <laughs> Rodon was supposed to come back, basically? I mean, remember, it's like, Rodon's yeah, going to yeah. come back by August. It's like, yeah. it's August. It's August. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, listen, I'm excited. Uh, I'm definitely excited because it seems like they got some special talent in this piece. Uh, I mean, dog, we basically just scratched the surface, and we haven't even scratched the surface on Lewis Robert. And I mean, he may be the best one. I remember saying this mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. on this show? Like, he is a chance. Me and Ryan were saying this. It's a chance he may be the See, I'm giving you props, Ryan. I'm saying, telling you the truth on this show. Finally, like some your, truth. Your, your, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Your, your hate for the socks. And I was worried. You got to go to church this Sunday. No, I'm just telling <laughs> you. got to get right with the just Lord. Just pointing out your hate. Just pointing out your hate. Uh, <laughs> Oh, but okay. still, but still, like when you when you look at this kid, and dog, in three years we can be like, dude, look at this dude patrolling the outfield with this power and this range, and yeah, Tim Anderson's fine, Makata's fine, Eloy being perhaps let's just hopefully say uh, a, a poor man's uh, a Manny Ramirez in uh, a few seasons, mm, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, don't forget but, about Vaughn and Magical, and yeah, we got a lot of kids in the system. Magical, I'm a, I'm a Vaughn, Not we'll right see. now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, but again, even with that, when you look at the fact of Abreu and perhaps just moving to DH, looking at the, the, the looking at the amount of uh, hits or the length of the bat batting cycle um, that uh, Edward Carnacion took, mm-hmm. uh, you Darvish, and just thinking that you got this old man just back there chilling right like yeah. you got you know you got Grandal back there like you got some cats mm-hmm. where it's like whoa you even Mazzara yeah Mazzara may just hit 19 but you like got you got some people back Lurie Garcia you know like they actually have done something and I guess it's low-hanging fruit because it's like oh you're finally feeding me I'm like Oliver Twist in this bitch man have some more porridge but, uh, <laughs> right? and it's just like you're finally feeding me but compared to just compared to other teams and compared to their history this porridge is full of like salmon 
Um, salmon. Salmon. Just wait. Salmon. Let me try to be healthy. I, I thought you gonna say bacon or something. No, no, no. Salmon, <laughs> avocado. Um, That's savory. Bro. I don't want none of that nasty-ass orange. Let me just finish. Like, all, all the, like, your omega-3s. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Blueberry, blueberries. Blueberries. <laughs> like, it's... No, it's uh, salmon uh, porridge. Yeah. It's, yeah, if you pour, you salmon, eat that... Avocado. You eat that salmon porridge. You eat that salmon porridge quick fast. Oh, okay. okay. Well, I got these sardines and crackers. The point... <laughs> no, the point that I'm trying it's to some, make. It's some grape drink. <laughs> No, see, that's we're not drinking grape drink. I'm trying to prove to you uh, that, that this this yeah. meal isn't just oh, okay. I'm finally feeding you. Okay. You're giving me even. You're not just giving me sustenance. You're giving me like the, the super food. food. The, super, yes, yeah, super. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Compared to uh, before, it's like oh, you're finally feeding me. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's super foods in this food. Where it's just like look at like dude, look at what's in here. And if the, let's just say the players that played well last year play up to that level. And the players that was their first year last year played better than that. And I guess I'll just be like Eloy yeah. and uh, and Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying for the most part. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, we haven't even thought. What if Dylan Cease is good? Let's just say Dylan Cease is good this year. You know what I'm saying? Like we talked about the pitching last year, and you brought in Keiko. Keiko should at least get 15. Well, not 15 wins because of the shortened season. He should get 12 wins this season. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the innings may be more important with him. Good point. He might good only have 12 starts, though. Good point. Yeah, good point. Exactly. The innings, the innings are, are going to be more and more important. So now you got somebody else to get quality starts out there, right? We're pushing back uh, uh, Ronaldo Lopez. Dog, if, Laura, if Ronaldo Lopez is decent, and I know that's a lot of ifs, but you're not even asking from Ronaldo Lopez this season what you're asking from him last season. Gio Gonzalez, who else you got down there? I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's just right now, Rick Hahn. I would say this, man. I just hope that what we saw, and I said this too when I was on Sports Feed, uh, not Sports Feed, um, uh, Sports Talk Live. I just hope what we see, when we saw from Lucas Giolito, was not just a one. Oh, you had some out of hate in your heart for him, man. I, all I said was, because I, I think Cap asked me this: Do you think we're going to be able to see this next year? I'm like, I don't know. That's all I'm saying. I you hope will. we see. You it. will. You will. I hope so. I hope I'm proven wrong. That was matinee looks in that arm to the sky. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, on his, on hey, his mama's acting career. I, that's a good. That's a good jumping off point, there, kid. Because you mentioned too the whole Afro Latino connection, and and. I just I want to I want to go before we have to go like I want to go a little into what this team could represent because we already got a piece of that last year with Tim mm-hmm. kind of repping for the culture. So what do y'all think about having a team that collectively is as dark as the Sox are? Even though you have like you know there's some stuff with the Afro Latino stuff mixed in that we have to you know our, our own little stuff there, but from the outside looking in. This is a team that's not very much like many teams in the MLB. Especially so Cubs. Like, Especially Cubs. <laughs> yeah, will you stop yeah. it? Will you just stop it? Theo wants to bring diversity in. What happened? Look, dude, this is a lot of Afro-Latinos you was leaving out, brother. He's like, just give me Jason Hayward. I want a straight up and down black. No, right, yes. <laughs> we got the whole boat came like, y'all come on and bring y'all ass to the south side. Who said, I don't want to 
I would say there were no two Saint Louis chores in in uh, <laughs> on the north side. Rick is still hating no Sammy. Oh, he hating no black Sammy so hard. Dark, dark Sammy, darker Sammy. Let me say so hard. Dark Sammy. Go ahead. No, no. I was I, what I was going to say is I think the personalities on this team is tremendous, right? I mean, you got the nice suave guy over in third base. He cool. You got Tim Anderson down on earth, your brother, you know what I'm saying? He really to come up to you and meet you on the block and give you a jersey. Eloy out there. Hi, mom. Lou Bob, you know what I'm saying? He's coming up pretty cool. Jose is the, the constant professional and veteran. Everybody's looking towards. I think the veterans and I think the – not the veterans. I think the personalities on this team can push this team to another level. I don't think you had, and please, please, and Ryan, I thought this to you. Please uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you had those kind of personalities on the Cubs when they were winning. The White Sox said, hey, has some personalities, some real personalities. And I think I don't they, think the I Cubs think, had. What's, what's up? I, said, I don't think the Cubs, they may not have had outside personalities, but they were likable. No, no, they were definitely likable. People really, were, especially yeah. going from the Cubs from like eight yeah. years ago. They were likable. People likeable. really liked yeah. that team. Yeah, yeah, they were a likable team. You had Joe Madden probably had the most personality. But I think this, Yeah, yeah. And not, yeah, they're Ross, yeah. yes. But I think with this White Sox team, they got some personalities on this team. And just, if they, if they had, they have that. And if they win, Man, it's going to be like, damn, look at the kids on the South Side, dude. They, they pretty fun to watch. I, yeah. I, I believe that, too. I, I, that's one thing, just looking at how black it is. Um, it was like, it's like, wow, this is written. I mean, I know the Sox have tried that in the past, but it's like, mm-hmm. this is black, right? But let me say this to take even race out of it to a certain degree. I also look at how, outside of Eloy, how many tools these cats have. You know, because Eloy, you're basically looking at him as just been a hitter. But when you're talking about uh, Lewis Robert, when you're talking about Yoan Moncada, when you're talking about a uh, Tim Anderson and growing, and if he can get the the, the regular play down pat, um, it's just also that when you start to go, if we're going to compare teams in the city to where you knew you had Chris Bryant to a certain degree, and this was actually remember we're taking away from Addison Russell and who he was supposed to. He was supposed to win MVP yeah. first. All right. And then you look at how Baez and people looked at Baez uh, before he had that MVP season uh, two years ago. He, he came in second, of course, because Yelich and the Brewers ran him down. But um, that's where just on the play where and this is really on the Sox. The Sox didn't. Ha- they had softball hitters or guys that can run or guys that can play defense to a certain degree. And now you've implemented more guys that can uh, have m- more a higher skill set than in the past. So, yes, it's cool that these guys are uh, Afro-Latinos or black, uh, to say the least. Um, but it's also cool that these aren't the same type of players that in the past they would have kept. And even taken away from uh, being black, even when a Nick Magical can get better and he's that B-plus second baseman and the slappy guy that can get on base and you have that he guy that – Yeah, or Andrew Vaughn, yeah. as you m- mentioned, just to have a first baseman or whatever he plays when he gets up that – you know he can probably hit for power, but he's also going to hit uh, be probably an on-base guy. Not, not move around the bases, but just his bat allows him to be on base a lot more. And it's just the difference in how the quality of the player the White Sox used to look at in the past and mm-hmm. the quality of the player that they have now. And also, and it's sad because of this season, uh, and COVID's more important, people dying and people being sick is more important. But having all these players signed up, and we don't even get to see them for 162. Yeah, they got baseball players. Yeah. Baseball players. 
jumping off your point, Ken, about the Sox having multiple multiple tool guys and guys who can play with a who could possibly play with a certain energy that the game may feel that it needs to market itself better and you know ex, you know appeal to you know there's always this talk about appealing to younger fan bases, appealing to black you know blacks uh, across and the board brown, and stuff like that browns. and browns too. But you know yeah, but they they still coming into the sport though. It's barely you know it's, it's still dwindling every time with us. But right. you know. That that could be important though. If if a team like the Sox can emerge and be a national story, I think that could be very effective for uh, baseball and what it wants to be right now. And it should like going back to last year with the let the kids play stuff. They should be encouraging that and really you know setting that type of play forward to make the league more progressive and more you know just exciting for more different people instead of having teams like the cardinals and the braves try to police everybody in the league and stuff yeah very that's true. my last point there all right hey kyle thanks so much for uh hopping on with this as usual thanks you guys yo what up it's your man jay illa official chicago bears dj and you are listening to the d and day the show turn it up Dan Graziano, my insider, I will start with you. Dan, why was zero preseason games so important to the players? Well, first of all, Greeny, the players really thought that the, the playing any kind of preseason game was dumb this year because while the league is not in a bubble, they're kind of putting each team in its own sort of quote-unquote bubble where they're sanitizing the facility and they have uh, procedures in place to try and keep people safe. So the idea of putting everybody on a plane, flying them to a different city, and then playing football with another team that's been in a different setup uh, and risking transmission of the virus was silly for a game that doesn't count in the standings. So that was, that was fundamentally their argument. But what this really comes down to is this training camp ramp-up period the players have been pushing for, 21 days of just strength and conditioning, followed by 10 days of non-padded practices before they get into contact. The players want as long a ramp-up period as possible. They're coming off an off-season where they haven't done any on-field work, and preseason games would get in the way of that schedule. It's very difficult to schedule around preseason games. You don't practice the day before. You don't practice the day after. So effectively, every preseason game takes three days away from your practice schedule. So getting rid of them will make it easier to have have that longer ramp-up period as well. D and Davis's show, thank Cal Means for joining us and breaking down what's going on, particularly with White Sox baseball. We did a little Cubs, but it was a lot of White Sox. It's a lot of South Sox. Funny thing, what's up? That I believe the Sox did like a three-point something, if not higher. Yeah, they rated very high. Yeah, but when they were bringing like the Cubs, the Sox haven't done that since 2012. But it's like, yeah, because no one can see the Cubs right now. So, of course. But no, you can watch it if you're marquee. Mark, yes, what I'm saying. Comcast. Oh, they they are not on Comcast, right? No, they're not on Comcast. Okay, well, I don't have Comcast, so. All right. So the point I was making was, yeah, you're going to do a higher number when Cubs fans want to see their team. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So it's like it's cool to say like people are excited (laughs) about seeing the Sox, but yes, people also who have Comcast. Right. And mind you, it's not like the Cubs are on GN right now. So we're talking about basically people that are wired in. Yeah, they're going to do a higher number because people want to see what the Cubs are looking like right now. And real quick, I wonder if a big problem is we know baseball's demographics for fans super like older Mm -hmm. than everybody else. Mid 50s. I mean, is this a situation where if you don't, if you have Comcast, do you not have like, 
a fire stick or something else a lot of them that don't. you could get marquee. Yes. So no. you are yeah. completely we beholden were to what you we get were, on Comcast. I forget which uh, host or which producer we were lucky enough to have, uh, not the last time, but the times before when we were on the score. And he was talking about trying to set it up for his pops. Yeah, a lot of people that are in their 50s. I think it was Adam. Was it Adam? Maybe it may have been Jordan. Okay. Maybe been Jordan. But yeah, you can't sit here and teach. I mean, you can't teach your pops necessarily how to go to Reddit and find that stream right. or whatever. Right. So, yes. They it's can easy. barely use Hulu. Right. It's easier to sit there and do that. So, again, props to the Sox, but let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. That that number was a lot higher because Cubs fans were also trying to view what was happening with their team. Luckily for the Cubs, though, the Cubs and the White Sox are playing each other, playing against each other six times this this short season. Ten percent of their games going to be against the Cubs, and it seems like Marquee and Comcast will get it done. But I feel like Comcast yeah. is like, we got you right now. So what you yeah. gonna do? You can use yeah. that YouTube as like as much as you want, but truth be served. You're yeah. going to have to come over here mm. because we can do – think about it. Mark, Comcast is basically like Xfinity, Comcast, whatever. We can do without 60 gaming, so y'all. Like, it's not 162. Right. 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 Like, we can, like – I got you over That's the barrel. Point. Like, we can do – and, like, we, we also – and this is a thing. Like, if I'm Jerry Ronson, I'm like, don't do nothing. Because this is equivalent of him pulling them off. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And you're gonna have a you're gonna have a few a few uh, Cubs fans gonna be like, I want to see baseball. I want to see baseball. You're in the predicament right now where people haven't seen any baseball and are in their house. And we're talking about a lot of times in some cases we're talking about retired folk. So we're not even talking about people when we're talking about baseball's demographic. Yes, it's 50 and older or whatever. We're talking about people that are closer to retire. White males closer to retirement. But right? how long do we think this holdout is going to happen, though? My only point is... You, you think maybe next to, season they'll fix it? Yeah, they'll fix it by next year. And I think they'll fix it this year. Let me say this. I think it'll be done this year. But they don't necessarily have to do it because it's worse for Marquis if they don't do it now. Because it's like, and on top of that, your team may not even be as good. So yeah. it's like, yeah. dude, you like this isn't World Series Cubs coming to Comcast. Like, what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? This is like, yeah. <laughs> they're just coming with the Cubs, right? You know, it's we're, better. We're named the Chicago Cubs, right? It's better than like the late eight nineties Cubs, but still, it's not this. It's not necessarily the same. Yeah. But anyway, Ryan, uh, definitely want to kick it off and talk a little football. Uh, you lead us up, Ryan. Uh, how are we going to go take this segment moving forward, please? Well, I want to do some national stuff for sure. But with the recent news of the NFL doing their safety protocols, like daily testing, the big one is no preseason games at all. And here in Chicago, we know that it's all about the quarterback competition. And even Matt Nagy, Mr we're going to sit out the preseason has even said before this news that they were going to battle it out in preseason. We were going to see a lot of them. So now wanted to get your guys' opinion, your thoughts and perspective where probably the first pass thrown by a bears quarterback this year will be in the regular season. And a lot of people felt Mitch was going to get the first reps in camp. You know, does he get the first reps in the regular season or does Nick Foles now with everything being shortened, is he just the obvious candidate to be the starter? Ooh, I don't know if he's an obvious now. I think it's I think it's definitely going to come off what we see and hear from the, based on reporting that we hear and see 
um, about camp. Um, but I'm maybe I'm wrong. I'm thinking you're probably just going to go with Mitch because he's already been here. I mean, he was the star last year, right? So it's kind of like we can't have the natural competition of actually live games to see what's going on. All we have is practice, but we just had a dude who played a whole entire season with these guys is already here on the offense. You might as well just roll out Mitch. I'm not a fan of it. I think this is per, I think this is very uh, a very lucky circumstance for Mitch Trubisky. So I think Nick Foles would have really pushed him for that starter position. But if I'm if I'm naggy, I'm basically like, I, what can I do? I can't. I, my man's over here. My man's Foles. He hasn't had enough reps with my guys, like actual live like live reps. So I'm guessing it's going to be Mitch. Then they was a show me D Ryan and myself. Um, I did mention that I felt this was a month ago that it will affect the Bears not getting preseason games or the lack of preseason games. Um, on yeah, because I believe a month ago they cut it down to about two. two so two. we so on we Sean, on Sean and my uh, yesterday, uh, Eric Lambert from the Sports Mockery was on there. And I asked him a question, and I said, you know what? And it's something we've talked about on the show plenty of times. I said last year, because we could say that there's no preseason game, so how are the Bears going to figure out what they're doing? Last year, if you paid attention, during uh, preseason in Bourbonnet, before any games, they let us know Mitch wasn't really succeeding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, if you really – and I said, they covered it up, but they t- – like, if you paid attention, Matt Nagy said he should be advantageous, but even in him going after it, he was messing up. Uh, going against an quasi-elite defense at that time before we knew it wasn't going to be as well. But, of course, we know teams that are turnover-prone, it doesn't really leak over to the next year because turnovers, to a certain degree, are a matter of luck. Or just getting the ball, even if you cause a turnover, to actually get the ball. So I do think there's still a great chance that if the Bears, and this is another thing, too, when we talk about someone like a Khalil Mack, we said this before, I think a lot of reason Khalil Mack didn't want to talk last year was because Khalil Mack didn't want to say something that was going to break that team up offensively mm-hmm. and defensively um, when it came to the quarterback play. And we've seen what we've heard from what we've seen. He's been going at it like a dog, getting back after it. I don't think it's going to be easy for Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace to, one, if uh, uh, Nick Foles is playing better than Mitchell Trubisky, to hold Nick Foles back. In Best practice, case, you mean. Moving forward, after after the players see who's doing well, isn't you're not going to be able because of course this is another thing. This is all in house, right? Mm-hmm. So if 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 Mitch Trubisky is playing less lesser than Nick Folds, it will leak that Nick Folds is playing better than them. All right, and if it doesn't, it, it will sim it will leak. During the, the, the uh, preseason, I mean, during training camp or whatever. But when we get to the first few games, if Mitch is the starter and we're still not seeing the desired results, the leak will continue to fester. So I do think you can still find out who's the better player. Now, Mitch Trubisky has an advantage because he's with Bears receivers. Nick Foles is still down in Florida, wherever he is or whatever. He's not been able to fly up here, bring his family up here. Mm. Um, so there's still an, an advantage to Mitch Trubisky. Best case scenario is Mitch Trubisky figuring it out. Mm-hmm. All right. That is still the best case scenario, to say the least, because he has more talent, quote unquote, 
than Nick Foles. We're talking just raw talent or whatever. But the question is, does he have the grit and the IQ to necessarily get it done? But I, even with, and I'm still saying it's a hindrance, that you're not going to get to see them against other teams during this time. I do believe from what we heard in last year's preseason uh, run during Bourbon A that Mitch isn't clicking, that if Mitch isn't clicking, there's going to be more of a push to see what Nick Foles can do because there's only a finite amount of time with the players that are on this roster, with the, with, with the coaches that are signed to this team to try to get something done to either extend their careers here or extend their careers someone else moving forward. I was going to say, I would say this. I'm sorry, Ryan. I would say this. You brought the fact that if if Trubisky is not playing well, that we will start to hear leaks from the players, obviously. Uh, maybe these reporters, they're going to report what they're going to report, but probably some in-house, like, leakage, if you want to say. Well, uh, one thing yeah. really quick to that, D. Yeah. Uh, usually the team outside of Bourbon A, when it's in-house hall, you get to, the media gets to see a small portion of practice, but it's usually not the portion of practice that really matters. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But if we start to hear these leaks come out and you see maybe one of two games, let's give, let's give, let's say the season. Cause I want to say something about, I'm going to bring up the fact that are we even going to have a NFL season, but let's just say they have a season going on. And if the first three games of Trubisky isn't playing well, so that's going to be the leaks. If there are any uh, from practice, plus the fact that he doesn't do well, the first to say two or three games, I don't think Nagy is going to have any other choice, but to pull him. Because we saw him get pulled last season. They can try to cover it up if they wanted to. Oh, they wanted to last season. Dude got pulled. And I, and I think, and Ken, you've been saying this for a while, Nagy is not trying to get his wagon hitched to him. Because That's going to be a coordinator after this if, exactly. he, if it doesn't work out. He's not trying to keep his wagon hitched to Mitch Trubisky because you only have so many bites of the apple to be an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. So if he is not doing well, and this team, I think for the most part that we even said this, they could possibly be seven and nine. It could be nine and seven. I don't know how up there. Maybe they can make a playoff run. I think they could be better than that. Okay. All right. Say say 800. Quarterback players, you know? But that's my thing, though. So it's this team doesn't, I mean, the window's open, but it ain't wide open. You know what I'm saying? But it's kind of open. You can sneak in with the NFL. You can do it. We've seen the Giants, the New York Giants doing what Ken and I was doing Football Island. It was like, damn, the Giants won the Super Bowl again? It's like, that's weird. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like these just fluky kind of a thing. So he did it twice, but it was kind of fluky. Um, but I don't think he was going to have any other choice, guys. If he doesn't perform well in the first couple of games, first two or three games, he's going to have to pull him. But I think he's going to have to start him because it's like – Nick Foles like just coming said, from, it's the best-case scenario. It's the we best need case Mitch scenario. to be good. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, you do. You know, it's funny when you say that they're going to have to start him in a way. At least that's my opinion. No, no, no. I want to say this. In a way, don't you, if, in a, do they have to start him in a way just to prove to everyone he's not the one? Because it's easier to uh, sit. It's easier, if- they might have to, it's easier to sit there to some people and bring him in and let him fail. Then to bring in Nick Foles rather than Nick Foles comes in and is mediocre and people are asking for Mitch to come back in. Nah, I think I think it's to your point, your original point. 
they need him to succeed. This team needs him to succeed. That's what, but I'm, that's what I'm in saying, the situation though. they're in. So if he's going to succeed, though, D, you're going to give him the first opportunity. Yeah, yeah, saying. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. saying like, start. Isn't right. it easier to let him come in, let the proof in the pudding be right there, and he falls on his face? And then to say we're going with this guy. See, my understanding well, is well, what you're. Well, I'm sorry, Ryan, but what it seems like you're trying to say, Ken, is that do you think they're kind of setting him up to fail? Are you saying, saying that? No, I'm not saying no, no, they're no. setting him up to fail. But it, it, this is the thing: you don't want to leave too much questions to where we have to keep doing this switch. No, you don't. Three. No, nobody. Nobody. Will. So it's easier to say the incumbent. You know what? He's the incumbent. Even if Nick Foles is playing better and it's close, let's just say they're even, Steven, but Nick Foles, it being a veteran is a little bit better, but still they're close to say, let's put Mitch in and let's give Mitch this much rope, right? And because one, we got the backup, we got the super utility cat up in here. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll, there's no question because I'll be honest, and it'll still be a question because Nick Foles is no world beater. If Nick Foles, kind of falls on his face, people are going to be asking for Mitch at some point, uh-huh. but it's a lot easier to let Mitch go out there and Mitch it up, and then to bring in Nick Foles because that's two years now where we've seen, well, a year and a half or a year mm-hmm. and a few games, we've seen the Mitch product, so it's easier to sit there and be like, especially let's just say if you're Nagy, I'm trying to prove to management, my boss, look, this is your dude, mm-hmm. we gave him every opportunity, Yep, this is what it is, rather than we go with Nick Foles, and management's still like, Nick Foles is all right, but, you know, maybe Mitch Mitch would have been out there to get that first down off that run and that scramble. Um, just That's what I'm saying as far as that. Not just I'm setting him up, but also it's just better to make sure that this option is closed to a certain degree. Not saying it can't be opened up again, but you know what? We went through and sussed out every possible part of that option, and that's why we're moving forward. That's right. Uh, I think there's two things to that. One is anyone in danger of losing their job between Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. If we have a football season and it's not a good season again, I think probably both are coming back, but I want to just kind of just bring that out there because if let's say winning is an ultimatum, I wonder if that also leads into the quarterback decision where, Hey, we need to win right away. Let's go with Nick Foles. If it's not win or bust, I think you can give Mitch that leeway because you can kind of take a chance and see what happens. But if you feel like you're going to lose your job if you don't make the playoffs, I think that's big in terms of letting Mitch go. It's win or bust with how much money you're paying on that defense. Defense. I was just about to say that. It is. Like, this isn't a team that doesn't have money. And think about this. What happens if the cap goes back? The Bears are basically Probably at will. the cap. Yes, it will go back. So we're talking about a team that's at the cap. Regardless of what you desire, you you have Khalil Mack, Eddie Johnson. What are you going to do? Akeem Jackson. Higgs deal is coming. No, thank you, Eddie Jackson. Akeem Higgs deal is going to – you haven't re-signed Allen Robinson. Like, yeah. like, dude, they're at the – Cal Fuller still on a, on a nice deal. They could like, be right now win a bust. Trevathan got new money. You're going to have to give. Uh, but it's uh, different Smith. when. Thank you, Roquan Smith. I'm just saying, like, they, they, this isn't a, a team that's not at the cap, Ryan. When you're I at agree. the When you're at the cap, 
you're not playing to find stuff out because the players that you're playing are either going to dip off and you're not going to be, you're not going to pay them anymore, or they're going to still exceed the amount of money you want to pay them. And you're going to have to let them go. So this but then window. Isn't that impossible with your scenario to let Mitch go out there and fall on his face? No, because it, what if he doesn't fall on his face? Like again, now it's am, a gamble. I, it's a am gamble. I banking on Mitch? No, but there's still a chance that he can be good. Right. With the arm that he has and the feet that he has, there's sure. still a chance that you can have a quarterback who is advantageous to get you first downs with his feet and can make some plays as long as he doesn't make mistakes with his arm that can help this team win and that you could probably get signed under an amount of money that can help prolong this window. But we're they're in their window right now. So I'm with, I'm with what you're saying, Ryan. If they didn't, weren't, didn't have players and weren't capped out, I'm with you. Like if this was a team where it was like we were building and we're just we're ahead mm-hmm. of where we expect to be. So like, yeah, we got these guys and we didn't even pay nobody. Then I'm with what you're saying, Ryan. But they got guys paid right now. Well, that's why I wonder if maybe if it's a neck and neck quarterback competition in camp and you don't know if we're going to even finish the season or if it's just going to be like, hey, we're going to stop if you're, I don't know, seven and five, you qualify for the playoffs because Mm -hmm. we're not playing the final four or something like that. Do you say we just got to go with Nick Foles because he's been as good. We trust him more. There's more coaches that have experience with him. Do you just say we got to because we got to win now? I think so because it goes to the point of what Ken brought up a while ago. They, at least Nagy, doesn't want to hitch his wagon to Trubisky. The simple fact, Ryan, that you even bringing up that question, your initial question, that would have me, if I was ownership, y'all all on the chopping block. Because I shouldn't have to ask that question right now. Because Nagy, you trying to save your ass because <laughs> Ryan Pace gave you this dude. But at the same time, Nagy, you can't coach up this guy so you won't be in this position. There's a lot of questions there. The good thing is the defense, and we believe this, is legit and ready to roll. We think they was legit and ready to roll last season, but the offense just sucked. So the simple fact you even asking that question is, in my opinion, they head should be on a chopping block because we don't know where's, we don't, we don't know a hell. They ain't going to finish the season, but we don't know where the bears are going to go this season. They can be very, they could be good. They could be very good or they can be like, damn, Nick Foles, Nick Foles, he ain't the Philadelphia Nick Foles. He the Nick Foles everywhere else. And Mitch Trubisky, we shouldn't have drafted his ass any damn way. We don't, well, we don't know. So, but yeah. I'll say, I'll say this: they're in a better position than they were last year in yes. the situation. I they agree. Chase, because they because had they had Chase Daniel, because they had Chase Daniels behind. But the yeah. but but whoa, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You had a guy that was proven that he was not an NFL starter. And he was not capable of consistently winning. Even now, if you even if you play pity pat with Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky, we've seen two seasons in Philadelphia. Well, three when he was the starter after uh, Vic got yeah. hurt, but two seasons with mm-hmm. the Carson Wentz situation that he can sit there and be the super platoon guy and come in there and do his thing. 
that's not Chase Daniels. Like no, I mean, not. and it was no, there was no competition. There was not going. We knew from the Giants game the year before, Chase Daniels oh, yeah. was not that guy. So now at least the option and the threat. Let me put like even the dare of you know what we got him. So let's just say like you just said, we going in the playoffs. You know what we, we we're seven and five. We can't finish the season. We going to playoffs. We going with 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 Nick Foles. That shit sounds a lot more threatening than Chase Daniels. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So the, even the, the, the amount of capabilities they have in the quarterback room is the best that they've had since probably Jay Cutler and McCown, I would say, when McCown played so well when Cutler went out. Or was that yeah. Hoyer? It was McCown, right? It was McCown. Yeah, I think McCown. it was McCown. It was McCown. Yeah. Since then, and then we can go back to maybe Orton and Orton and Grossman. Grossman. Or whatever, but yeah. still, Ugh. I know that's what I was feeling too, Ryan. Yeah, but um, Got still, like, there's actually someone that you can be like, you know what? I wouldn't mind him playing. They haven't had that, you know what I'm saying? So again, that I'm not might be since Jim Miller or something. I'm, yeah, I'm not saying it's best case scenario, but actually, you have a viable option. You didn't have a viable option. It was like we get to the playoff with Mitch, we stuck. Now yeah. it's like we get to the playoff with Mitch. Throw super chase in that bad boy. Like you, <laughs> you didn't have you didn't have that. So at least now there's a lot. There's there's more of a threat. Uh, there's more of an X factor more than I want to say a threat of winning on the QB side because you have someone that show you know what I'm a supplemental guy. You put me up in that coach man. I'm I get hot. This batch. Yeah, yeah. Well, also too, you got to think about it like this. It's probably a high chance of Mitchell Brisky getting hurt. He's been hurt every season. Good chance on both of them getting yeah. hurt. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's what I'm saying, man. I I don't know what see, the hell's going to happen. See Super Gardner Minshew, even though Ryan hates him. <laughs> yeah. I bet you they're drafting Trevor Lawrence if they're number one. Ran, ran, his, ass, <laughs> Absolutely. ran his ass straight up out of there. I'm with you. I would draft him, too. But ran Absolutely. his ass straight Gardner's up. And listen, got, uh, one more year. Listen, Gardner Minshew's going to win four to five games. <laughs> I thought that was going to be rings at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady Minshew with your love of Minshew. I thought Jesus. rings were coming. I never seen Tom Brady in jean shorts. <laughs> oh my god! But no, he's gonna listen. I bet you Gardner Minshew plays them out of the first round pick. I mean, the you first think pick. so? You I think so? You. so? All you gotta win is about four games of three. Mm. Well, all you gotta win is who's gonna be worse than Jacksonville? Or something. Somebody. But you don't think that they're trying about. to tank? Tank for Trevor? Listen, I, we I thought like Miami. That. We thought Miami was trying to do that too. But they coaching is too good. Miami's yes. Miami got a good, very good coach. Listen, oh, that's a good question. Who's going to admit you got feet? Feet can get you out of a lot of stuff. I'm serious. I you laughing? Quarterback you feet. laughing? But you know, you laughing? But you know, <laughs> feet, dog. Feet. Listen, you saying that? Hey, if my quarterback doesn't have an arm, at least he's got feet. Listen, this is. I'm gonna tell you the difference. I'm gonna tell you the difference between that. You got a whole body. An arm, an arm, and listen. I've seen feet get you to the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, um, but feet can get you. Four wins, right? Like a quarterback, they'd be like, "Man, I'm a see Josh I'm still waiting for four rings." A quarterback, it's like a quarterback that can sit there and be like, "Man, I'm getting up out of here." Compared to a statuesque guy, that's like, "Oh, oh!" A quarterback that's like, "I'm out, dog." He can get you four wins, and that's all you need to be out of first the, the first the first pick in the first round. Who is going to be worse than Jacksonville? Then the Jets. Then the Jets draft a quarterback. <sighs> It's Sam no. Darnold. 
Donald, Listen, right? You put, I put, mean, the Bengals yeah. could still be just as bad. No, but they just they're not going to trade. Yeah, they just trade the Witcher name. But see, they can trade. They can trade that pick. Good point. The, 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 I would say the Jets, the Bengals. Who knows how healthy Matthew Stafford's going to be this year? Wait a minute. Yeah. Who, the, who did the Bengals just draft? They just drafted Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe, Joe, Burrow. Joe Burrow, right? No, but I'm saying that they would trade the pick. Is all I'm saying. They would and trade what I'm oh, saying is saying. just they yeah, are they would still trade the pick. so bad. They, he's right. They're still, they so, Joe they're still so yeah, bad. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, Washington. We got to throw Washington in there. No, don't, I don't think Washington's going to be worse than Jacksonville. I'm going to go with Ryan. You <laughs> think so? Slurs. I don't I mean, it's not. This isn't a Ron I, Rivera thing. Yeah, Ron might like, get them decent. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking we don't even know if they have a quarterback. We don't even right. know if Haskins is the Haskins. option. Yeah, but he. We don't even know if he's the option or whatever. So I can I can put them. Dude, they going through a lot over there. They are going through a lot. So I can still look at them being a, a viable candidate. Uh, we don't know what may happen with the Chargers. Yeah, right. that could explode. But they got a they got a legit defense for they sure. They got legit, but we still don't know what could happen with the Chargers. I'm trying to think. I Denver? think we No, I think the, I, I think, think they're with seven and nine. Yeah, that's, that's a good true. but you know what? That's not a bad they will be the team to move up. Like let's just say if Jer- if, if the Cincinnati Bengals get that or whatever. I can because if Drew Lock they had a the million option, draft picks this yeah, past but draft. If Drew Block, if Drew Lock isn't the option, I think yeah. we all think that uh, Phoenix will be decent enough. Arizona, oh, Arizona, the, the Cardinals, okay. Yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, with DeAndre Hopkins and Murray, and they Murray, be an yeah. okay team. Even yeah. if they're cheating, even if it's just statistically that they're yeah. that good, I can't see them being the worst. I can't. I can't either. I'll tell you my sleeper, my dark horse team for the failure. And I'll see if we, if we both of y'all can get it. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. I want you to go first. Uh, to, to fail is to be terrible this year? The, unexpectedly. Oh, unexpectedly. Bad. Even with the changes that they've had, but unexpectedly to be bad. Tampa Ryan, Bay Buccaneers. No, that's not it. That's a, that's that's. Not I it was about to say Tampa. Um, dang, Cleveland. That's a good one. But you know what I'll say. Shout out to my man, uh, Bill O'Brien, the Texans. Oh. Yeah, I got to feel it. I think Deshaun will get him five. Come on, Mitchell's getting that, Jags listen, four. Listen, y'all like to put – y'all listen, listen, listen. listen. Y'all, like put, y'all like to put a lot on Deshaun in football. Y'all be well, like, they're going to have to all put it on Gardner Minshew. I'm just what still, else is he I'm, doing? I'm just still – listen, Gardner Minshew has a better defense than the Texans have right now. They lost Clowney. And you still have well, to do with the injury I, I history. Agree. Of JJ. Now, I'm going to still say it. Even with, with the fact that you had the defection of um, what's his name to the Rams last year, you still have, uh, and even with uh, Calais Campbell, you mm-hmm. still have the structure of a good defense down there. But I'm just saying. Even they don't have a structure of a good quarterback compared to Deshaun. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but they don't have receivers right now, basically. And I mean, I'm, I'm a cook guy, but he oh, is not the young. You know damn well you can't. You know you yeah, can't Fuller say Fuller. might not make it. You well, know Fuller, you can't say Fuller. You're going to get and X amount of games in you're right. 16. So stop. So stop. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying. Thank God it was only 10 games this year. Dude, you're asking, listen, and you're and also – because of how rugged of a quarterback he is, we know that he can get hurt because he's going for the extra down. I think that could be a team because 
dog, you can't trust O'Brien. Like, you can't trust it. It's been proven. Trade deadline. It's, it's proven. We needed to move to Sean. That's all I'm just saying. So, I, that, that, that's one of those teams for me that I look at, and it's like, you know what? You never know. Because it's like ownership is it's waiting. It's not bad. It's not bad. Ownership is waiting to be really proven how incorrect they are. It's like, man, look, he, he may work. It's like, nah, y'all been messing up. You shouldn't have given this dude all this power in the first place. Yeah, how long he been down there now? Five, he's been down there for about five years. Yeah, I was thinking five, and six he's basically years. Been, he's basically had player control for two years Ooh, since they got rid of the gym. Yeah, I believe he stepped down, right, because of his wife having cancer. and then... I believe he stepped down because Bill O'Brien was trying to get all the damn power. Mm, that could be. I, I see you over there, Bill. Mm, with your black face. <laughs> Making all these decisions. It should be me. Right. <laughs> I'm going to move DeAndre as soon as I get my hands on this. Hopkins, you're gone. Right. Jamie Damian, I'm going to get your ass, your lazy ass out of here so quick. So he's been oh head God. coach since 2014 and technically wow. as GM. That's they didn't count the interim since 2020. So they gave him the official title in 2020. No, two years. He had it last year. Yeah, he had just, interim, I think. Yeah, they yeah. were saying that it was. It's a so he got promoted last offseason. Right. <laughs> that's, and that's why you see DeAndre Hopkins in a Arizona Cardinals jersey. That's first move you. as GM. Why, yo, why your baby mama's up here like that? Bill won with Whitey's. I don't yo, need him. Can your son run a 40? Well, you need to sit his ass at home. Matter of fact, he better run to Phoenix. That's what I'm like, really, dude? That was your biggest problem? That okay. was his biggest problem. I'm hey, not. we got Brandon Cooks. I know, right? He got the, and then, listen, you already had that player, but he doesn't stay healthy. But, hey, it's a different thing. Well, now we got him healthy. Exactly. Well, two of them. exactly. We'll see. Um, before we get up out of here, I did want to uh, bring up the simple fact that, like I said before, uh, will the NFL have a season? Uh, this is courtesy of, I can't believe I'm saying this, TMZ Sports. Uh, um, 95 players test positive for COVID. League ex- the league expects hundreds more. Uh, 95 players have tested positive for coronavirus since the league began administering tests over the over the past four months, but the number is expected to grow by the hundreds uh, hundreds with increased testing. The NFL Player Association revealed 95 tests on its website Tuesday, and an NFLPA official tells us it's a cumulative number when the league began testing around four months. Okay, so what do you all think about this? I mean, you have 95 players. That's basically one football team as far as like not saying not just yeah. players, but just say like everybody are part of it. 95, and they believe it could be a lot more. And I wouldn't be shocked by this, but a lot of those cats probably live down south. I don't know too many NFL players like, yeah, I'm about to move to, you know, North Dakota. Well, probably a lot live in California, too. California, you know. Texas, Georgia, Florida, yeah. the maybe some in the Carolinas, Virginia. Um, and, these, and right now, it's currently, that's the hot spots across the country. So if you have a lead that already has 95 has been tested over the past four months and now you can't and now we have well, at least I've seen stories. I'm sure you have, too, that people are getting it or testing positive for two or three times. And then you have like a lot of players that haven't even made it back yet. We're not even talking about camp when everybody's around each other. We've already, you know, said talked about the point of what if you go to a huddle and an offensive lineman is asymptomatic and, you know what I'm saying, he might have got a negative, a false negative test or whatever like that, and he ended up just talking and chit-chatting and boom, your offensive lineman, four of them, and now tested positive. Yeah. So, once again, 
I know it's all about the green, especially with the NFL, but that's a lot of players that are testing positive, and we haven't even gotten to camp yet. I think the league likes the fact that that many players tested positive, to be Whoa. honest with you. You really? Yeah, because... This is conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. They want as many players to have it before they get into the season because even though we don't know how long the immunity lasts and some of the stuff that I've been reading, it doesn't last as long. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, the cold immunity to a certain degree. It doesn't last the season for the most part. Mm-hmm. They want those players to get it and get it out the way. That's just the honest to God truth. But you don't know has any kind of lingering effects on them. But they're not, that's not their – if they had concern about lingering effects, they wouldn't be playing. They don't have concern. They look at this as hazard pay. This is, you look, you're going to go out there. Either you can opt out or whatever. But they're looking at it as far as it's better to have players test positive before they're in camp because at least you can sit there and hold them out and has as many possible and then at least believe the fact that those players won't be contagious moving forward during the season than to have a bunch of players who haven't had that, uh, haven't had that infection and then get it during the season. I just think, I mean, when you, the same thing when you hear people saying just open up schools, these kids are going to get sick. It's the same thought pattern basically, which is like, you know what? Let them get in and get it out the way so we can get back to business. Mm. Ryan, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I've, I've been really thinking, like, I want to see how baseball handles the season when it starts going on that first month or so or first 30 games because that's going to be at least a little similar to football, except way more players and people and staff than baseball, but like the NBA, they're in a bubble. NFL is not doing a bubble. So what they're going to hopefully try to do is just basically create their own little bubble where they are and have 32 little bubbles and everybody just try to be safe. I just think it's going to be a disaster. There's just too many opportunities. We did that story at the flip with Andrew, Andrew Whitworth, the Mm -hmm. tackle for the Rams. I mean, Mm -hmm. they just went to a restaurant and how many restaurants are open up nationwide where you have just even a small percentage, but it doesn't matter if one person has COVID and they're spreading it around like wildfire. And then all of a sudden you got families being sick. I mean, athletes are going to have to choose whether they want to do a sport or just stay out of it. They're going to have to choose what their own health going forward, if they want to be in it or not. And then on top of it, every player has to be so, so responsible with everything that they do. And even after all that, you could still catch COVID and they could shut this season down. So I don't know. To me, it just, it's hard for me to see football specifically when, if you're going to have to double the roster size, that's one Oh six. And that's not including coaches. And you might have to double the rosters just to have, you know, some people in your camp in case, what if your offensive line, no, seven I was guys say, go down. It's going to be some suspect offensive lines when the whole room go out and you got to bring yeah. in a bunch and, of scrubs and your or quarterback or gets defensive linemen transferring over to the offensive line or something. And you're talking about all week, you're in your position groups mainly, or maybe as yeah. a unit, but yeah. you're not like running backs or with defensive backs. Like if a defensive back has it, it's just clogging up a room. You might lose all your defensive backs. And how are you going to play? Like, teams are going to be destroyed, like you said. The, mm-hmm. the, the chances of it happening is high, but we shall see what happens. 
All right. Hey, thank you so much for hopping on with us and uh, taking some time out of your, t- out of your out of time out of your day to rock to listen to us talk some sports. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at D and Davis Show. Once again, it's at D and Davis Show. Facebook.com forward slash D and Davis Show. Uh, at Demons One, at That's Davis, at Ryan B. Ski, and Ryan B. Ski One. Uh, definitely shout out to Cal Means and We Are Riga Radio. Make sure you follow We Are Riga Radio. Yes, uh, yes. All the time, not just now, and all the contributors of We Are Riga Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, as D said, we appreciate you taking our time. Mm-hmm. Be careful out there, is what we ask. Love you, Aaron. You all take care of yourselves out there. And we're not joking when we say that. Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs>